Hello, hello, hello to all of my fabulous non-existent listeners. This is episode 7 of I Have Thoughts, and today we're talking about Enola Holmes. Insert intro music. Quick warning, spoilers ahead, no duh. Um, let's talk about the movie. First of all, basic plot. Uh, once upon a time, there's a girl named Enola Holmes. Enola, spelled backwards, is alone. Shocking. Um, movie's actually based off of a series of books that I did not read. <laughs> I was gonna read it at some point, and my mother read it, and she's like, wow, this stuff is creepy. You're not gonna like it. So, I didn't read it. Anyways, based off series of books, check it out. It's young adult. I think it's actually, it's juvenile literature. Like, if you look in the library, it'll be in the kids section, I think. Not totally sure about that one. Anyways, but movie's based off of that. And it's about a girl named Enola, whose mom goes missing. So her brothers, Sherlock and Mycroft Holmes, come to the family estate and kind of try to figure out what's going on. And Mycroft wants to send her to... A finishing school. So Enola runs away, and along the way, she runs into this Marquess, which, by the way, I always thought it was Marquis. Maybe it's like English versus French pronunciation. Actually, it probably is because I'm thinking like Marquis de Lafayette, which I'm pretty sure that's how it's pronounced, just because Marquess de Lafayette sounds very wrong and once i'm done recording this episode i'll look it up and maybe i'll even like mention it in the next episode anyways <laughs> she meets the marquess who's running away because he wants to be a flower professional i think i wasn't totally clear <laughs> he saw his life flash before him and he didn't want to spend the rest of his life sad it's a very touching part of the movie but i watched it at like 2 a.m so i wasn't focused on like the emotional aspects so they run to London, and there they go their separate ways, but Enola realizes, oh, he's in danger, and she's obviously, she's trying to find her mom, and a bunch of stuff happens, she realizes he's in danger, um, she visits his family, she realizes who done it, um, long story short, he died, excuse me, he dies, but then he doesn't die, but whatever, and it's all about women's suffrage. Cool movie, check it out, Lo- like, I can't... <laughs> I'm, like, explaining the plot. It's not making sense to me as I say it. I really doubt it's making sense to you. Check out the movie because it is really good. And now let's talk about why it's good. Um, First of all, the main character, Enola. She's really, really good. She's played by Millie Bobby Brown. 
and she's really good. She does it very, very, very well. The whole setup of the movie is kind of interesting. One of the cool things about it is she breaks the fourth wall a lot. Like, first monologue of the movie, she's telling you what's going on. And I really like that because, like, one issue I always have with these kind of movies where, like, it's a mystery movie. And granted, I don't watch a lot because a lot of them tend to be thrillers or horror movies and I don't like that stuff. Like, you end up being totally lost for two-thirds of the movie until the last third when they basically just do an info dump. And especially, like, when you're watching a Sherlock Holmes-esque thing, um, you get an info dump at the end. And if you've ever read the original art, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's, which I strongly recommend that you don't because, my gosh, those things are long and boring. But there's an info dump at the end where you find out, like, exactly what he saw in each person. Um... But I really liked the fourth wall thing. It was really cool. She's, like, a quirky character in general, so it really worked. It wasn't like, oh, this is so fake. Um, I mentioned something similar in the Dora episode where, like, in the Dora, when we talk about the Dora movie, where when the character is so... I didn't say it this way, and I'm going to put it this way now, but where the character is so weird that, like, the stuff that they're doing works. So with Dora, it was about her perkiness and about how she has one personality trait, and that is perky. But, like, for who she is and, like, you know, if you've watched Dora as a kid and if you've watched whatever, like, it makes sense that that's her as a teenager. And for Enola, the breaking the fourth wall thing really works. It also kind of gives you this really great connection to the character. And they did it really well where it's, like, generally the two kind of rules for breaking the fourth wall is either everyone needs to freeze or someone needs to make a joke about how this person is talking to nothing. And in Dora, that's what they do with the delicioso bit, which is actually one of my favorite parts of the movie. But in Enola Holmes, what they did was kind of just have everything else keep going. And I don't love when things freeze. I find that it makes it feel like, great, now you're pausing to talk to me. Like, what? But... What they did was basically life continued on as she talked to the audience, and I thought that was really cool. The one bit I didn't like was at some point it actually has her ask a question to the audience. Well, do you have any ideas? Well, do you? And I thought that was kind of overdoing it, you know what I mean? Like, I like the general idea of like, oh, she's talking to this voice in her head. And to suddenly be like, no, it's you guys, is like... Um, I guess that's breaking the fourth wall, though. I just, it felt too much like a Dora episode or like, um, like a kid's show, like Elmo. Like, do you know? Elmo has a question. Do you know the answer? It felt too much like that. But that was my one big issue with the breaking the fourth wall thing. And like, really, that's kind of minor. Um, so Enola was an amazing character. Um, congrats to Millie Bobby Brown because she is very, very, very well done. Um, actually, all the characters were really good. I have to say my favorite character was probably Mycroft. Mm. And I should say this at the beginning of each episode. I'm just going to say it now. I don't know actors and actresses' names very well. It's not something that sticks in my brain. So while I may very much have liked their performance. I probably don't know their names. Anyways, the guy who played Mycroft was incredible. <laughs> Fun fact, I'm very into acting and I tend to play villains just because apparently I only talk in a monotone and I'm very cynical. 
This is what I've heard, at least. And so I do, like, analyze the villains in these movies, and I'm like, could I have done a better job? Like, what would I have done differently? But, like, Mycroft was so well done. I love this, like, I what I really loved was that he wasn't evil. You know what I mean? Like, there always felt like, well, he, to me at least, it felt like he had a reason for what he was doing, that maybe he legitimately thought it was for the best. And, you know, he's being a parental figure, and this is what he thinks needs to happen. And you're free to disagree with me on that and think, like, no, he was just a terrible person. I'm sorry. But I really liked, I thought that was really well done. The lady in charge of the finishing school, Miss Harriet, I think, she was incredible. Um, just the way she was played was absolutely hysterical. She was the perfect balance between idiotically in love and also, like, trying to be this proper English woman and, like, also being this mean headmistress. I thought that was really good. The girls in the finishing school was something I really enjoyed. Like, kind of just the vibe of them interacting I thought was very well done. I'm trying to think what else. Um, like, what I enjoyed. Okay, Lord Viscount Marquess da 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 Tewksbury Basil Weather whatever, I you know let's call him uh let's call him Tooks. <laughs> so we're calling him from now on because he's like the Lord of I don't even know what I like the name but like every time Enola says it it's really funny like I loved that bit where she constantly repeats his name I'm calling him Tooks so the good Lord Tooks he was very well done. I guess it feels funny to say he wasn't a huge character, but that was, like, the truth for me, at least. I didn't feel like he was, like, this huge character until kind of the middle of the story. I loved the character, though. I thought it was really great. I thought it was really well done. I loved the whole vibe he had. I thought it was really good. I He made me laugh. I really wanted him and Enola to kiss by the end of the movie, but the ending was so much better. Like, just the way it was. So shout out to, like, whoever wrote this. Like, whoa. It was really good. Um... I feel like I'm doing, I'm saying too much good. So let's get to my issues with the movie and then we'll talk about the underlying messages. Two big issues with the movie. The first one is the misrepresentation of Sherlock Holmes himself. Um, here's the thing. If you read the Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the original Sherlock Holmes, and again, I strongly recommend that you don't because they're really incredibly boring. I'm sure, like, some people enjoy them. I didn't. I literally almost cried when I finished. I was so happy. Like, I was just so happy it was done. The Sherlock here was kind of represented as this all-around great guy who's maybe a little bit quirky, um, maybe prefers his own company. And, like, that isn't Sherlock Holmes IRL. <laughs> Feels funny to say that. First of all, because I hate internet slang. I find it's so cringy. And second of all, because obviously he didn't exist in real life. Um, but basically, Sherlock is supposed to be a nut. <laughs> he's really, really, really smart. Like, but he's so weird. Um, the best description I can think of is like people with Asperger's or with um, middle grade autism. I believe that's kind of like where I'm thinking about on the scale or even low grade. Like, they'll tend to be really, really smart because they'll spend a lot of times hyper-focusing on certain things, but things like social cues or stuff like that, they won't pick up on. 
Uh, Sherlock is definitely, like, in the books, he's definitely like that. He, one of the descriptions is he used to smoke a lot. He used to drink a lot. He used to randomly not eat. He was very rude to people unless he liked them, in which case he was also rude to them. And, like, he used to curl up into a ball and smoke on his favorite chair. Like He wasn't, like, this good-looking guy who's super articulate but, like, is an introvert. This actually bugs me a lot, which I'm an extrovert, but I do know, like, I have a bunch of friends who are introverts, and, like, the way it's portrayed in movies is it's something to be gotten rid of and something to fix. Like, that's not true, right? Like, in these movies about the shy, introverted girl who takes off her glasses and is suddenly pretty, and by the way, that drives me crazy, too, because I wear glasses, when I remember them. I do need them, though. And, like, does that mean I'm just ugly? And, like, what about all those people who really look better with glasses? Like, not gonna lie. So many people who wear glasses just, like, need them to look good. <laughs> um, no. Like, whatever. Do whatever makes you feel pretty. I'm just saying, like, I think people look better with glasses than without. Um, but, like, by the end of this movie, the super shy, introverted girl is an extrovert, and so she's happy. And I think that's just really dumb. I I think that's just dumb. Because it's not... <laughs> that's not going to make her happy. You know what? That shouldn't be your goal, is to be someone else's personality type. That doesn't work. Speaking of which, personality types, I mean. Check out 16personalities.com, because it's really cool. <laughs> I did it with a friend, and we discovered that we're actually supposed to not be friends, and it was really fun. Um, also, we discovered that she might be a sociopath. Yeah. So that was great. I knew that for a while, but now I have proof. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. She's totally okay, except for the fact that she's out of her mind. Um... I don't know if you can tell, as I'm recording this episode, I'm kind of maybe losing my mind a little bit. I'm very tired. I'm kind of hungry i just ate does anyone else get that like you eat and like you're still hungry uh, my room's freezing cold and i'm recording right now and like i sprained my ankle so i don't want to go downstairs and turn up the heat basically i'm just being lazy anyways yeah so this episode's all over the place but back to the point sherlock was played really like the character i guess he was supposed to be for this movie was really great like it was played very well but it felt like it wasn't really Sherlock Holmes. Um, but you know what? I get it. Like, when you're inventing, like, this Enola and bringing in this brother who I don't know if he actually existed ever before. Like, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna play around with this stuff. I thought it was really, like, whatever. That was just one thing that kind of bugged me. And then the second thing, and this was, like, really a thing for me. Actually, there were, there are two more things that were. Um, the second thing is that about halfway, not even halfway, about a half hour to the end of the movie. So the movie is two hours. It's a nice chunk of time, but, like, I watched all the Avengers movies, so, like, I guess I'm just scarred forever, and I feel like all movies should just be, like, three and a half hours. <laughs> wow. Um. Well, I'm gonna talk about the Avengers one day. There's a lot to talk about there. Anyways, so about an hour and a half into the movie, it suddenly changes from this kind of cool, interesting, quirky story where, like, interesting stuff happens and, like, new stuff's happening and you're kind of able to follow along to, like, suddenly it feels like a horror film. Like, I don't know if any of you notice, 
But when they're shooting a movie, they'll use, like, different kinds of lenses. No, duh. But, like, lighting-wise. So, like, a lot of horror movies and a lot of thrillers will be shot in what I would call more grayscale. A lot of the colors are duller. A lot of the people are, like, paler looking than they really would be. And not in, like, a race sense in terms of, like, they look washed out. And, like... Then you have some movies, like a lot of kids' movies that aren't animated, at least. You'll have shot really, really HD. Like, the colors will pop and the people are vibrant and whatever. I guess that's, like, the difference between watching... I'm trying to think of, like, show examples. Like, um... What's the new organizing show on Netflix? I can't remember it. And, like, watch that and watching, like, Once Upon a Time. Like, just the lighting is different. Um, the colors are, like, different. Like, even if it's the same color pink, on one it's bright. On the home edit, that's the name. On the home edit, the pink will look brighter just because of the lighting techniques that they use. And it's intentional. It's meant to give you, like, the feeling of the film. Um, but the point is, the thing that I'm trying to say is that about a half hour to the end of the movie, the lighting suddenly starts changing. And so we go from this really kind of bright, vibrant thing. And I want to talk about the lighting more in a bit. Um, to this more gray and green and blue, like, green and bluish gray thing when, you know, the movie kind of starts getting a little bit scary. And it just kind of felt, like, very, very jarring. It was, like, a big twist from what we'd already seen. So it kind of went from this fun, quirky movie to this really dark, scary movie really fast. And, like, that's what made me think I was, like, until then I was, like, hey, I'll watch this with my siblings. It'll be really cute. It'll be really fun. And then I was, like, they're going to be scared about it. And that brings us to the fact that the movie's rated PG-13 for no apparent reason. Because, like, there's literally no swearing. There's, I mean, the only romance on screen is Enola and Tooks. And, like, that's so limited. I don't think it even counts. And then, like, I guess you have, like, the headmistress and Mycroft, but, like, does that really count? That, by the way, was really funny. (laughs) That relationship dynamic. I was like, yes! That made me laugh so hard. Uh, I guess, like, the violence, theoretically, like, Enola almost dies, like, a lot, and, like, they keep trying to get killed. Trying to get killed. They keep, um, getting... I'm so articulate. Can you tell? They keep getting chased by people who are trying to kill them and, like, almost dying. Which I guess, like, yeah, I guess that would qualify it as a PG-13 movie. It was just, like, seriously? Like, this is PG-13? Like, okay, whatever. Um, anyways. Anyways, yeah, so those are my thoughts on Enola Holmes. This has been a shorter episode because I think I'm losing my mind. And, yeah, I think you should totally check out the movie. I think it was really, really great. Um, And, yeah, thanks for listening. Have an awesome day or night or wherever you are. Peace. Bye-bye.